Ladies and gentlemen, Bradley Dax and Steve McManamans, welcome to Worldie! Andy Roberts, welcome back to the pod, my friend. Hello, how are we doing? I'm doing well. Things move incredibly fast in the Football League. They really do. It feels like half the season's bloody gone yeah, already. Yeah, it's impossible to keep up with it, really, isn't it's it? It's mental, especially when you're, like, usually it's hard enough keeping track of your own team, let alone others, in it's addition. Really, yeah, I know, because you've got, all of a sudden, we've got 72 teams to look out for and keep an mental. eye on. Impossible. Impossible. So, uh, I was uh, enjoying... Uh, Reading's Reading Festival. Reading's yes. Reading Festival? It's like Frank Lampard's Derby Re- Reading's Reading and Leeds Festival. <laughs> That's right. Uh, on Saturday. So I kind of missed a thousand games. So you might be able to fill me in. What I do know um, is that Oxford United got themselves uh, their first league win of the season. Congratulations. Yes. Thank you very much. Very good. Uh, and Reading got a rather uh, good away draw at Aston Villa. What's that? Two points now for Reading? <laughs> two two so points. So, so, so the Oxford versus Reading race, yeah. we're one point ahead. <laughs> You're doing well. <laughs> but right, before we get into those deets, yep. let's uh, crack on with looking at the league. So we'll start down in League 2. Yeah. Uh, and... Lincoln, who we did pick, I think I put him in my playoffs category. They're yeah. doing very, very well. They are doing well. I, I, do you know what? I'm interested to know. Well, maybe we'll do a little focus on Lincoln a little bit later on in the season, particularly if they continue on this this kind of pace, just to to have a look to see what their situation is in terms of ownership. Because yeah. I don't actually know. What I do know is that they've got Danny Cowley um, as their manager, and I think they actually technically him and his brother. Yeah, it's him and his brother. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. And Nicky and Danny. I think. Yeah, and they um and they are kind of like a team. Um, they are. The probably the most coveted managers in kind of the lower reaches of the football, possibly even in the football league. Full stop. Mm. Every time a, a club is looking for a new manager, they're always looking down at uh, the Cowley brothers to see right. whether or not they can tempt them away from Lincoln. But yeah. uh, they are not for tempting. Um, <laughs> and do you know what? In, in all credit to 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 them as well, because. Um, they could easily, once they got um, Lincoln out of the conference, they could very easily have gone to a whole bunch of yeah. different clubs. But they, yeah. they, they're very, they're very clear about it, you know, publicly very clear about it. So no, we, we we're doing a job here. We Absolutely. are. We have a little project to go, and we're going to stick to it. And so, all credit to them. So they're they're so, taking Lincoln all the way. Well, maybe so. I mean, at the start of the season, we're what we're five games in now. So. Um, they had the one 0 win away at Northampton, four one against Swindon. Very good hey. result. Um, they won in the Carabao Cup against Port Vale 4-0 so they're not just winning but they're knocking the goals in as well they, they really are I mean uh, the Swindon game as well because cause Swindon have been probably the most entertaining sounding <laughs> yeah. side in the football league every game madness like, at least two or three red cards like penalties left right and centre 99th minute equalisers all kinds stuff. of things that's like that's by far and away the like, the, the biggest defeat in fact it might be even Swindon's only defeat mm. I think yeah that, I think it is yeah, so, yeah. Um, so yeah credit to them for, for that, um, for, for managing to keep that a relatively straightforward match. Yeah, absolutely. And they're getting results. They, they got a 1-1 draw at Grimsby, who are a good side. They beat Berry at home 2-1, and then most recently beating Notts County at home 3-1. Very nice, very handy stuff. Yeah, and they're ticking off some big names there as well, aren't they? Yes. And it's a great place, Lincoln. I haven't, I haven't been there for quite a few times. We, we, we had a lot of fun because we were doing a radio commentary back then. They've got a big cathedral um, 
in Lincoln because it's a city Uh, and you can you sort of see it on the way and I think you might even be able to see it from the stadium Um, and we kept calling it oh it's got that nice big church and we've got this (laughs) this one guy who was from Lincolnshire who was listening to us um, on FM back in Oxford and he was furiously (laughs) texting there every time we called it a church brilliant fun I bet he was well, you, you should be very proud of being a city because I know Reading's been trying for the yeah. last like hundred years, but they re- staunchly refused to give us it. Interestingly, I heard I heard the um, the chairman of Wolverhampton Wanderers was on the radio just before their game on the weekend on Saturday, mm-hmm. um, and he was uh, talking about Wolves and talking about their, you know, he said, and we're, you know, because I always see them as kind of a suburb of yeah, Birmingham, yeah. basically, like they, they of, are, yeah. Um, Surely. He said we are not. We are a one city. We're a one city, one club city, just like Newcastle. Fucking city. Well, it turns out they're a city. Really? They're, well, yeah. The, one of the, the the towns basically they were trying to get city status in the same when Reading yes. tries to every <laughs> single year and fails, <laughs> yes, yes. as does Swindon probably. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, Wolverhampton is now a city, which Bloody seems hell. ridiculous. Well, Reading are circumventing the official system and just putting city centre on the buses and like on the street signs. Isn't there? Isn't there also like a a non-league team called Reading City as well? Reading Town. I think there is a Reading City. Is there a Reading I'm, City? I'm sure there's a Reading City. I know. I've been down to Reading Town a couple of times. I'm gonna I'm gonna look, I'm gonna look that okay, up. Okay, it's, while, it's not it's talking. not great to be honest. Is it not? <coughs> what, what tier are they in? Do we know? Uh, I don't even know if they register in a tier. I remember I took some photographs down there once and there was a fun fair in the background. That's the main thing I remember. A fun fair, lovely. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. Reading City Football Club is a football club oh, based in Reading, Berkshire, their Hellenic League Premier Division. Oh, okay, flying so that's what, high. Tier 8, 9? 9. 9, yeah. So, yeah, well, there we go. Reading City. There we go. Um, City. Massively Sitter. inaccurate team name. <laughs> Much like Oxford United at the moment, to be perfectly honest with you. Excellent shout. Uh, also in League 2, then, MK Dons doing yeah. the business at the top there. Three, for, three wins from five with two draws under beaten so far yeah it's going to be interesting to see how mk dons do uh they 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 seem kind of in terms of stature probably somewhere between league one and league two Mm. um in terms of um well just kind of they've got no kind of they've got no soul about them but they do get people through the gate you know um it is it still annoys me i mean yeah what can you do? What can what you do? Can you do? What can you do? Fuck them. Uh, well, Tisdale's do. doing the business. So yeah. uh, Exeter, his 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 old club, Exeter, in third, also doing very very well. So he's sort of not far from where he would have been otherwise. I yeah, think. yeah, quite. Yeah, I mean, no, I mean, it's 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 a good start. I mean, it's it's a massive coup getting Tisdale, as we spoke about in the last <laughs> episode. But um, I, I'm I'm sure they'll plow on regardless. Um, just, you know, as, as long as they don't ever need an injection of support from the supporters because they haven't got any. Although they do, that's not fair. They do have supporters, but they're so spread out in that fucking gigantic yeah. stadium. <clears throat> Even if they wanted to create an atmosphere, they just wouldn't be able to. No, it's not easy, is it? So let's let's give a little bit of airtime to, to Swindon then, shall we? Given given their ridiculous set of results. What is yeah. going on over there? Um, I, I honestly don't honestly don't know. It's completely mad, isn't it? So um, on the weekend they drew two all. Um, was who was who was it? They were playing. Uh, so Crawley Town. Crawley away. Town. That's right. It's Crawley Town away. So Swindon had Swindon went. I think it went two goals up. 
they had a couple of players sent off. Um, and then they basically tried to hang on for about like 60 minutes, I think it was, with nine men. Yeah, 99th uh, minute yeah. equaliser and that Crawley was Town. And that was after Crawley had had a, had a man sent off themselves. So it had gone <laughs> from like 11v9 to 10v9. And then in the 99th minute, I think a 99th minute penalty as well, wasn't it? It was a penalty. <laughs> like yeah, yeah, yeah. Three, three red cards and a 99th minute penalty. Ollie to, Palmer to for the brace. It. Unbelievable stuff. They sort of returned back to normal going away to Forest Green and getting a draw this weekend. So maybe now we're settling back down into some kind of regular football action. Yeah, possibly. But yeah, well, you know, that, that you'd hope not, though, right? Because <laughs> like, yeah. I fucking hate Swindon, obviously. 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 It's the one um, thing we've got in common. Well, exactly. But at the same, at the same time, it's... If they're going to do anything, you either want them to completely <laughs> implode, yeah. right? Or you want them to have like absolutely kamikaze, yeah. chaotic, ridiculous yeah, just results. Just full madness like every, yeah. every week would be great. Because look, they, they're in the same, they're roughly in the same spot as Forest Green Rovers who have drawn every game, I think, except one. So you might as well win and lose in crazy fashion. Why not? Well, yeah, that's, be- that's better than drawing <laughs> all of your games. Exactly. A, a little mention for Forest Green Rovers because I was watching, well, I was listening to TMS and the cricket. Mm-hmm. And they were talking about uh, sustainability at stadiums. It was a very interesting, like lunchtime discussion. Yeah. Uh, and the guy there, they've actually Lords is the only cricket ground in the country to have a sustainability manager. So okay. actually, a guy that is looking at it. And what he's doing is he's actually looking at it and then feeding back into the business so that they can make decisions like with sustainability in mind rather than just doing what they're going to do and then trying to do sustainable stuff yeah, at sure. the same time. Yeah. So it's definitely the right way to do it. But he said Forest Green Rovers are actually leading the way yeah, yeah, in yeah. this, and yeah, they yeah. and they've got a fully um, renewably sourced uh, energy for their stadium. They're uh, they're looking at ways that they can reuse cups and all kinds of like things that would be multiple use, like yeah. plastics rather than single use. And supposedly they are blazing a trail. Yeah, I mean they're they're obviously like the the first fully vegan football team as well, yeah. aren't they? And, and apparently very good food as well down there. Yeah, probably. <laughs> you haven't you haven't been oh, down there yet? Well, no, you? I've been I've been to Forest Green about ten times, but not this but season. Not, but not since they've not since they've gone vegan, basically. Yeah. It, I, again, I'm going to hold back on my stories about Forest Green Road. They, they, they were. They're probably it's probably very different now to, to to what it was like when I was there. Yeah. But put it this way: when we first first time we went there, the chairman was taking the money as you paid to get Amazing. into the car park. So it was, it was, <laughs> Amazing. That's just a little snippet of what they were like. Well, it sounds like they're doing things in the right way, at least, which is good. So I'll be interested when you get when you go down there. I'll be interested to get some feedback. Yeah, they've um they've especially they've, about the food. Maybe I'll come and we can check out the vegan lunches. Yeah, have a go. Yeah, yeah nice. they um because they're actually looking at a new stadium as well. <clears> and like this stadium, this this thing that they're they're looking at looks fucking incredible and this whole thing the whole the whole idea of this is it's you know 100% kind of like energy efficient yeah. and all of that stuff it looks amazing but it's like a 7,000 I think a 7,000 seat stadium I mean it's so small it's, <laughs> yeah. a, it's a very small patch it's easier got. to manage that kind um, of thing with a smaller number obviously. and it is but it's but also that's the cap on their ambition I mean to be fair yeah. not, they're, they're fucking weird little place in the middle of nowhere sure. on this kind of little valley on the other side of a big hill and like it's <laughs> you know Forest Green isn't even itself a place. It's near, no. I can't remember the village's name, but it's near a village. That's about it. I so, don't even know where it is in the country, if I'm being totally it's, honest. It's, it's, it's just kind of up past Swindon. Well, sort of, oh, is no, it? No, it's, it's, north, it's north of Swindon. Yeah, it's kind of in that direction, <clears throat> okay. basically. It's it's a bit of a local rivalry oh, there for, we go. for Swindon um, because they, they don't play in the same league as any of their actual rivals anymore. <laughs> so. <laughs> uh, so what are we learning about uh, the bottom of the table at the minute? I guess not a huge amount. Only two spots, obviously, at the bottom of... Uh, 
of, of League Two. Currently, Macclesfield and Notts County sitting down. The Notts County seem to be a strange one to be sitting down there at the bottom of the table. Yeah, they've been bouncing up and down all over the shop, haven't they, over the last kind of 10, 15 years? Big Notts club, County. though. Yeah, they are. Like, a bit huge history. Um, I honestly don't know if they've actually ever dropped out of the Football League. I don't think um, they have. No, so that would be... I think be... they were one of the originators in the uh, in the in Division 1 Yes, as well, they were, so... yeah. And they were the first winners of the FA Cup and <clears> stuff, weren't they? So they are a big name um, in, in English football. So, yeah, again, would be sad to see them drop out. But, you know, in recent years, we've seen... We've seen Grimsby, we've seen Trans, uh, Tranmere, we've seen Oxford, we've seen Luton, we've yeah. seen, seen some proper historic football. Well, not Oxford are massively historic in terms of football league history, but, but nevertheless clubs, yeah. played at the top flight and all of that, major yep. cup winners. So, you know, a lot of big teams have dropped out of the football league. The good news is that there is a path back. Yes. <laughs> and and yeah, I think yeah. everybody, all these teams have now shown that. Um, but yeah, so it's going to be interesting to see what happens with their Macclesfield kind of perennial up and down <laughs> as they yeah. are. Um, I'm sticking to my position though at this point in the saying at this point in the season it doesn't matter the table doesn't matter table means nothing no no no, you're right it's meaningless it is completely (laughs) fucking meaningless to the point where at one point point, do you remember like back in the olden days they wouldn't even show the table on the TV in November yeah they just wouldn't even bother showing it because it doesn't matter does it like I told I told this story to you guys the other day but I remember a few a couple of seasons ago on the BBC website they had a um <clears throat> it was after a Manchester United game. They played on a Friday evening, and it said, like, I don't know, Wayne Rooney goal puts Man United on top of the table for the first <laughs> time this season, right? And I looked at the table, and it read like this Manchester United played two, six points. Like, Liverpool played <laughs> one, three points. Like, that was it. They were calling well, that a fucking expect? top of the table. Absolutely ridiculous. Anything for news. Uh, so, we're not going to worry about positions no. too much at the minute, but I think it's safe to say. Um, that we're starting to see, starting to see a, uh, a breakaway of those that are going to win lots of games and those that might lose a few in that league. So certainly, in terms of the early pace and like yeah. the people getting the early form and stuff, you know that it, none of this means diddly shit towards the end of the season. You know, I think you'll probably have a handful of those teams in the top kind of third yeah. who will be will still be in and around there. But you know, again, we look at it. Shrewsbury last season, early pace setters just failed in the playoffs yeah. and they're now right down at the bottom. So, yeah. you know, it's 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 a brutal old time. Absolutely. Uh, right, we'll take a little break because I've got a frog in my throat. <clears throat> uh, yeah, we'll take a little break and then we'll come back and we'll have a little chat about League One. Thanks a lot, boys. I feel much better now. I feel a little bit better. But <laughs> <coughs> like Bob Fleming. Right, uh, into uh, League One. Yes. So what happened this weekend then? Um, well, Peterborough have now broken away, I think, at the top, haven't they? Because Portsmouth failed to win. So Peterborough five now out of five, five out of five. Bloody That's, Steve Evans. Yeah. Um, I, so, so prior to this... Prior to this uh, show, I wanted to like like seconds prior to this show to be brutally honest. I did a little <laughs> bit of research to see what's going on at uh, at Peterborough just to see to get some kind of an idea of 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 how they're achieving yeah. what they're achieving with this early pace. Um, whether it is, you know, managerial genius from the... <laughs> Seems unlikely. The, the, the aggressive, unpleasant man yeah. from north of the border, um, or whether or not it's, you know, it's just a, a, a degree of luck or, or, or yeah. what it is, whether he's found some magic formula. So one, one thing that is, that is very interesting, so they had 15 players <clears> in, um, over the summer and I think 14, 13 players out or something like that. Okay. So we are talking like a huge change of personnel. Yeah. Um, they have had the same starting 11 for all five 
of their their victories. Wow, I wonder if there, there can't be many teams in the league that, that have that. No, and I mean there there are obviously two things at play there. One of them is the fact that they're you know you get a winning formula. Of course you don't change it. Of sure. course you don't. Um, so so that's that explains why they've they've stuck with the same personnel. There's another thing at play there, and that's a, a degree of luck. That you know, I mean, if you, we'll come on to this a little bit with Oxford, but like a bunch of injuries which have unsettled pretty much every single game that we've played so far right, this yeah. season. So um so so they've not they've not suffered from that. Again, could be a bit of luck, but it might actually be you know, choosing the right players, who knows? Um but whatever it is, Steve Evans has somehow managed to pick out a winning formula out of a fucking maelstrom of new <laughs> players. Um gotta give him some credit to that. There may may well be a huge chunk of luck in there. Who knows? But at the same time, you know, you've got to make your own luck at sometimes yeah, at some point. Absolutely. So. And they you know, they <clears throat> obviously there's lots of good teams in that league, but they they they, they beat Plymouth five one this weekend. They yeah. beat Charlton away one nil. Uh Luton three one Rochdale four one away, and good was, results. Yeah, they're good results. I, mean, I had I, you know because they're winning convincingly as well. And I had I had a quick look down there their their transfers from the summer, and you know they they they've paid they paid six hundred and fifty thousand for even Tony uh, from Newcastle. So they're right, paying, okay. paying over half a million quid for players. And uh, they Jeez. are they are they are sticking in six figure transfer salaries. Um, Steve Evans. Does somehow miraculously, um, you know, but maybe he's just maybe he's just lucky with money. Um, <laughs> he he does seem to be followed around by a, a degree of cash. Um, but having said that, you know, they have spent on money, but they uh, spent on players. But they have also got some free transfers. They've got some loanies, and they've got a lot of people in from lower divisions. So even if he is spending money, he's probably sense of spending it fairly wisely by plucking players out. Yeah. So so again, as much as I don't like to do it. You've got to hand a little bit of credit to to Steve Evans and his Peter aside for for the start they've made. One thing I always want, wonder about Steve Evans' sides though, players know what kind of manager he is and what kind of man he is, yet they still go and play for his teams, and it seems pretty universal that anyone that plays under him after a year of playing under him he doesn't stay for much longer generally, does he? He does a year or two yeah, years yeah. here and there, and players universally hate him. So it's it's surprising me that he's able to still attract players to clubs. I suspect he chucks a fucking shitload of money at them. I guess so. To be honest with you, yeah, I guess so. I mean, so. I, I, I've I've been fortunate or unfortunate enough, I don't know, to have witnessed Steve Evans from very very close quarters yeah. um, uh, at a, a football match. It was when he was manager of Crawley, um, and and it was at Crawley, um, and we were probably about. 15 to 20 meters away from him like really 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 unpleasant um i mean like the 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 vitriolic abuse the swearing the 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 really really ferocious kind of like horrible abuse that he was giving to his own players opposition players the linesman the fourth official people on his own bench people on the other benches like the guys are just a fucking monster basically like but yeah i don't know it's just he's a bit of a He's an interesting character to have around, at least. Well, I suppose so. And, and talking of teams with shitloads of money, second in the league right now, Sunderland, who I tipped to be uh, promotion candidates earlier in the year, they're doing very, very, very well. They, um, they are. I mean, they were always going to. They, they've got like thirty-six million pound parachute payments, right? So, yeah. I mean, like obviously, the, you know, I think we were talking. They're probably trying to get rid of, still trying to get rid of some of their. Yeah, players. so Lee Catamol is on the uh, transfer list, going to Bordeaux, so going to a French League One. And and so they, you know, they're obviously probably trying to free up 
some of their... Um, I think some of them are on sort of twenty or £30,000 yeah, a week. which is not sustainable in terms of the, um, the financial fa- fair play stuff. They, yeah. they they will get it in the neck if they if they don't look to at least be trying to address that kind of imbalance. Um, but they've also got backers as well. Now they've got Steve Donald, um, a former kind of Oxford investor involved, um, a chap called Juan Sartori as well. He's a... Uruguayan businessman, yeah, and they say he he came in was 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 interested in buying Oxford United, but that 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 either never got very far or fell through or whatever. That was right. about a year or so ago. Um, so he's a guy with some money who wants to get involved in. So so Sunderland probably still not only do they have those parachute payments, they have got a bit of investment behind them as well. Um, and they also have, judging by social media over the last week, some of the fucking most insane supporters uh, <laughs> yeah. it, like i mean like there's this one guy who who carefully after every game um photoshops uh like shots from star wars like the death star destroying a planet and then on the death star he <coughs> says s-a-f-c <laughs> and then on the uh, on the planet they're about to destroy they put their next opponents on like like wow. so, so, so they're committed that's good that's awesome but it's, it's all so badly done <laughs> like and there's all it, honestly you have a look if, well, you know I urge everybody listening to this to, to have a look at like i assume it's like hashtag s-a-f-c yeah. or whatever yeah. their, their their hashtag is and just have a look at the fucking the 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 weird into the weird minds of the people from 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 Sunderland <laughs> on because because they, they they think they 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 are absolutely sure that they're going to walk this league yeah, and that yeah, they yeah. That, that everybody in this league and amongst them are minnows and we should be grateful for just having the opportunity to kind of yeah, walk the same yeah, pitch yeah. of bollocks load load of, load of twats hopefully they all come cr- crashing down and they'll get the comeuppance well let's hope so a team that has been up and down is Portsmouth they, they've had a reasonable start and you can tell us a little bit about that because you were down there at Fratton Park for the 4-1 defeat uh, yes so I mean they, they played a they played a very really tough game of football they they were really really in Oxford's face and it's very clear that, that the Oxford so far this season have not dealt very well with teams who have kind of played with a high tempo, high pressing yeah. game. And, and Portsmouth certainly did that. They just they they bought, completely bossed the midfield. And I'll talk about Oxford, mid, Oxford's midfield a little bit later on. But um they they look like a decent outfit. They look threatening going forward. They've got some real quality in their side as well. Um they it's it's no surprise to me just judging judging on the the performance that they put in at Fratton Park when Oxford were down there. Um it's no surprise that they're there. They're a decent outfit. Kenny Jack has done a, uh, you know, yeah. he 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 puts together a good football team. There's no doubt about yes. it. Yes, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Down at the down at the bottom of the table, Plymouth having a horrible start. Two draws, three losses. Shrewsbury down there. Burton Albion down there. Oxford. We'll talk about. <coughs> we'll talk about later on. Um, it's it, it's going to be a very very tough league this one. Yeah, it is Plymouth as well. I mean Plymouth, are, they're they they're similar to Oxford. They kind of they bounce around. They're kind of yeah. extremes of of um of form a lot of the time. Um and it's a great place to go and watch football. It's fucking miles yeah, away. Yeah, and it's a really weird stadium because <laughs> yeah. three quarters of it are great, and one of the stands is horrific um going there is a, a member of the press is brilliant though because you get free pasties get on, honestly one of the fucking nicest pasties i've ever had in my get life in. so um uh, they're always one of those clubs my dad's from the west country uh and and so he sort of ostensibly supports plymouth although he's not really a football man and i think that's part of the problem there's not really a culture of football supporting down there so they've got a decent team who who you know 
have a fine stadium and have a great catchment area. I mean, they've got a huge catchment area, but people don't really no, go and watch them. And they, they, they also actually have, they are one of the most well-followed clubs on the road. So right. if you go, go around, all around the country, Plymouth always have a really, really, really good away following. And everyone says, this is amazing because you know, they've got further to travel than anybody else. And, and, and it actually turns out it's because people from Plymouth who don't live anywhere near <laughs> Plymouth anymore because they get the fuck away from Plymouth yeah, as soon as they yeah, possibly yes. can. Yeah. All live elsewhere in the country, so they just go and see them on the road. Yeah. Um, so nice. that's kind of okay. almost like a secondary home game for Plymouth is every away game <laughs> it's they every have. Away game. Yeah, that's interesting. Well, uh, they'll, they'll be coming to Oxford at some point, I'm sure, this season. Yep. Um, so, yeah, so I think League One... Uh, I mean, it's it's just it's it's hard to argue with the early pace being set by those guys, and I think they're probably going to be there or thereabouts going forward. You would expect so, you know, and they and they would they would have been names on people's lips right at the start. We probably mentioned them in our little preview show as well, yeah. didn't we? So yeah, no huge, no huge surprises there. But one or two of those will fall away at some point. Yes. You know, they always do, particularly like particularly when you start off really really well, um, and and. Every football club has had this when you go on for a big run. The same thing happened to Shrewsbury last season. We've already mentioned them today, but but you go on a bit of a run, and when you lo- you get that first defeat or that first like kind of draw or scrappy defeat or whatever, yeah. all of a sudden the whole thing fucking falls yes. apart. Yeah, and it is it is. I, I think a lot a lot of stuff that happens in the lower leagues, it is a bit of a house. Well, it's, not, it's not a house of cards because there's no you know there's no conspiracy behind it, but there's just a lot of clubs that rely so much on form. And yeah. And I, I really think, like, if you start your season with, with two wins, you're probably going to get seven out of ten or something just because it's it's a real momentum thing. But you start your season with two losses and everyone's down straight yeah, away because and- there's no... Especially if you're one of the teams sort of who's in the middle and nobody knows going into a season whether it's going to be a good one or a bad one. And and a lot of that is down to the fact, you know, we don't know how good a lot of these players are that yeah. come in our teams. So if you start your season with two wins, everyone's like, oh, this is going to be a good season. It's almost like a self-fulfilling prophecy, building building confidence. Well, I look, I'd point at uh, Northampton Town in uh, 2015-16. So that's the season that Northampton won the League Two and Oxford went up in, in second place. Um, the, the Northampton, managed by Chris Wilder, they started off sort of okay, kind of fair to middling, and then they just went on. And, and Chris Wilder's a kind of manager that you want when you're when your team's playing well. He's a bit of a fair weather manager, and I, I imagine Steve Evans is probably like this. When the wind is in your sails and you're on a bit of a positive run, yeah, you feel fucking unstoppable, and you you kind of create this kind of like 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 freight train kind of feel feel, um, and. That's what happened off that. I think I can't remember. They only won like eleven games on the run. The run Crazy. they won, so it's fucking ridiculous. Like this, this run they went on, um, and it's and it's and it's like that. If you get pick up that momentum, um, anything is possible. I mean, fucking out like Leicester City did that yeah, in the Premier absolutely, League. Absolutely, that yeah. was the momentum and confidence, yeah. and making your opponents doubt you. And that is, as you say, that's yeah. massive at this level. And the really can say. Yes, yeah, that helps. <laughs> that really helps. Well, talking of of juggernaut-style momentum, what about Leeds United? People were picking them to have a great season, and crikey, they've had quite a start in the championship. Yeah, and, and, and as we as we called it in, in the last uh, last episode, they have unlocked Kemar Roof. Yeah, that is that right. is the absolute. That's yeah. the key to it because they've they've. I mean, it's not it's not just him, obviously. Um, but they've um, they've they've pulled out 
you know, they pull out the stops and they are they are blasting. Reading haven't played them yet, have they? No, thank no. God. <laughs> uh, El Loco Bielsa, there. Yeah. He's he's the guy, like you say, getting the best out of Kemal Roof and the rest of the squad by the looks of it. He still gives the weirdest press I've ever seen. Yeah. I mean, it's bizarre. He had one of his players translating yeah. for him at the last one, which is <laughs> fantastic. And he, he always looks kind of like like almost like he's not paying any attention. Yeah, as he's well. just sort of staring yeah. at his feet. Yeah, it's quite remarkable. I'm hoping that as the season goes by, he he's get he gets his English down and we start to actually see what he's about. Because you hear all these stories about Bielsa, but we're not really we're not really getting to see him. I think from the outside yet. I'm sure that the players at Leeds are experiencing that now. But it'll be I think it'll be great to kind of get a bit of his personality out. Yeah, and, and, and you know that's that's when you're watching. Particular, I mean, it's different for Reading, obviously, because it's your division. But when you're watching other divisions from afar, you want those those yeah. people to kind of shine yeah. and, and you know and, and to to give you something to to, to fight. I'm not I'm not kidding myself that I'm in this battle. No, 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 no <laughs> that's fair enough, yeah. <laughs> We've got a very different battle on our hands. Uh, Middlesbrough also started the season very very well, as have Bolton. Uh, Reading played them; they were they were decent, but not incredible. And uh, and Villa. A kind of mixed bag. They open with two wins, and now they've had, I think, three draws on the bounce. Yeah, yeah, and again, Villa are going to be fascinating to watch this season. They yeah. really are. I, I, I have a sneaky suspicion something's going to go terribly wrong at some well, point. You, you get the feeling that they are on a knife edge. Yes, the entire totally. club is balanced on a knife edge. Uh, but the the thing that the, you can't get away from the fact. That you go to Villa Park and you're going to Villa Park regardless yeah, yeah. of the uh, financial situation or anything else. They got thirty thousand people or whatever in Villa Park and it's a it's a big game going down there. Yeah, and and and, and that's you know that's always going to help you. Sunderland will have that in their favour yeah. this season, and like to be fair, Portsmouth have had that in, in their, sure. their favour. Whatever division they home been games in. is huge for these teams. It like, is winning yeah. home games for Villa is going to be vital to their success. But like, but but conversely, I mean, when particularly when Oxford were in the conference, also a little bit in League Two, but mostly in the conference, clubs would come to the Kassam Stadium. These are clubs with with you know attendances of six hundred. Yeah, they want to go to a big professional football stadium. You know, coming to the Kassam is fucking weird as it is, but it's shitty lack of a stand and three stand they, yeah they are, but nevertheless they will still come and go this is a massive stadium yeah. um the biggest stadium they'd probably played in and these these teams will come there and go right this is a this is a big football team we're not going to allow them to play and just lock down and it was it was so frustrating to watch this is this is where i've developed my 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 absolute pathological <laughs> hatred for time wasting um <laughs> So yeah, so it, it, it just yeah, teams that. that come just to do that exactly, yeah. and, and 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 Villa will face that, you know, against the, the sides towards the bottom end of the table, they will face uh, teams coming and go. Fucking hell, this is you know this this is where they used to play the FA Cup semi-finals. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. like this is so we are going to lock this down here because we don't want to give these guys an opportunity to play their game. Yeah, quite well. I think they will definitely have a challenge later on in the season. But looking looking at the bottom of the table now. It is mad. Like the teams that are in the championship now, it blows my mind. But at the bottom four, you've got Birmingham, QPR, Reading, and Ipswich. So you've got four very, very big teams just sitting there at the bottom of the league. It's it's quite crazy. I'm fascinated to see what happens to Birmingham. I mean, they they were skin of the teeth job again yeah. last season, weren't yeah. they? And I mean, it would possibly be the last game of the season, was it? That they... Reading and Birmingham safe on the last. That's day. right, of yeah. course. Yes. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So they um. Yes, I you know you you kind of expect them to be um to be to be probably down there towards the end of the season, and this all stemmed from from them sacking Gary Rowett when he when they were like yeah. fourth in the table yeah. or something, didn't they? Like 
absolutely mental decision. Crazy situation over there. Right then, so I think we'll take a little break and then we're going to come back and get into a little bit more detail about Rennie and Oxford. And we're going to start with Oxford, where I joined Andy for a game uh, just last week. So we'll come back to that right after this break. The mind now is free. I had the honour... Andrew, yeah, of joining you at the Kassam Stadium. You, you did, and what an honour it was! <laughs> well, it really was. So we're this season we're we're doing a bit of cross pollination. So uh, you're going to join me at the Modeski Stadium on Wednesday. In two oh, Wednesday time. this week, yeah, right, day after tomorrow. Wow. Yeah. So uh, I came down to uh, to the Kassam to watch Oxford. Uh, I've even forgotten who it was. Who was it? It was Accrington. It was uh, it was Accrington Stanley. So this is on Tuesday right. night. <laughs> yes. So. Uh, like we said, these games come thick and bloody fast. And I was just sitting at work, and I thought, why not? I can guarantee I'll get seats. No offence, but I can. None, none, none taken. That is also the case at the Bedeski Stadium. <laughs> we won't have a problem at any point this season getting seats. Uh, so, so I came up, uh, popped into the free car park. Fantastic. So, first of all, point one. You have Rocks to pay United. for your fucking car park. What, already? Yeah. Bloody damn right oh, you do. Jesus Well, we Christ. can walk from yeah, my house. Yeah, okay, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, you'd have to pay through the fucking nose. Jesus. I think it's a tenner now what? for the one next to the stadium. Oh, yeah. my God. I know. So, parts up for free. It was pretty good. Uh, walked across, uh, was going to pop into Frankie and Benny's, uh, but decided to join you in the Hollywood Bowl. Yeah, which is actually looking really nice. It is looking now. quite yeah, nice. We didn't get a seat in the Cadillac. That um, would although be the special. only the only time I've ever sat in the Cadillac at the Hollywood Bowl, we got horribly beaten. <laughs> so actually, I tried to avoid that. If I, I mean, down. they've obviously realised that they've got every like every other Saturday where they've got this group of people that are going to come in for a quick drink. So yeah, they're yeah. well prepared for it. Um, I. I, I will let you into a little secret as Go well. On. We pulled out all the stops for you on 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 that day by by showing you the inside of the hotel. Normally, we just sit in our car miserably listening to the radio. Just wait. Is it time to go in yet? Is it time to go in yet? Is it time to go in yet? Because the Kassam Stadium, um, shit stadium, but it's kind of home. It's kind of very Oxfordy because yeah, we're used to things being a bit shit, so it kind of makes it feel like well, home in that the... respect. But at the same time, there is fucking nothing to do. No. There really isn't. I mean, at least you do have the Hollywood Bowl or whatever there, but there's not. There's one food truck, I think. There's not a lot going on around yeah, there. Yeah, it's not. I mean, there's, there's a new bar upstairs, um, kind of above Frankie and Penny's, um, but it's always absolutely rammed. Right. You know, so people are trying to do things. There's just nowhere to sit down. I uh, want to yeah, sit yeah. down. I'm a big fan of a sit. Yes, of course. Anyway, that's, um, that's Yeah, so just a little point. bit more about my experience uh, at the Kassam. I, I think there's something, there's a weird juxtaposition between Oxford... United Football Club and Oxford, the city. Yes. Which yeah, I the, the, always find amazing. I know it's on the shit side of Oxford, but it's like... <laughs> you always think there's going to be a huge, like, sort of fancy effort to match the Reading... You know, sorry, to match Oxford United with Oxford City, given all the international influence and all the money and everything else that's in the city centre. Well, but yeah. it's not like that at all, No, so there are, two, there are two things at play there. One is uh, the university calls all of the fucking shots as far as anything happening in Oxford is concerned and the university do not like association football. with football. <laughs> association they, football. Well, yeah, quite. Because they see it as oikish and yes. yobbish. So, yes. so Oxford never ever get any kind of like leeway in the city centre in that respect. Um, the uh, We now have a club store in the covered market, which is right. great, but you have to go into a hairdresser's and then turn left. <laughs> um, so it's, it's also classically Oxford United. It's all a bit shit. Um, 
But, you know, it, the Manogram was ace when it was yes, in, you know, I mean, yeah. it was proper old school yeah, shit the Manogram a and of stuff. Times. And Good it's right ground. in the middle of Headington. And it's great being in a place. It really is. When it you makes go a to a football difference. match. And that's the big problem with the Kassam is it's just right out there, yeah. like on the, you know, on the science park next to the fucking shit factory. Yes. And like... I'm, I'm talking uh, about the, the, the sewage works, not bad not, not the BMW <laughs> Um Yeah, it's, it, it just doesn't... It just has a weird feel about it, you know? Like, I think one one thing that I really like about, about going to Medeski is that I can walk there from my house and the walk-up is always fun. You talk about the game and you see all the other people walking yeah. you get a feel for how many people are going to be at that match and that's quite nice, but the Kassam does suffer from being really out on a limb. Everyone's yeah. driving there, right? Yeah, There's I mean, nowhere I, to really walk. I from. mean, I used to I, when I when I used to live in Oxford, it was fine because you jump on a bus, you jump right. on the number five up to Blackburn Lees, and you'd walk through the Lees and you'd get to okay. the ground. And so you kind of you got that sense of kind of people making their way from the city into the ground. Yes. You can have a pint yeah, to yeah. the Blackbird or whatever in Blackbird Lees and, and little things like that. So there is a semblance of some kind of pre-match kind of football yeah. thing there, but only if you are approaching the ground from one very specific direction. <laughs> right, yes. So it, is, it doesn't feel part of any kind of community. Weirdly, if they ever do build that, the, the, the massive housing development on the other side of Grenoble Road, it might feel like that because then it will suddenly be yeah. surrounded yeah, by yeah. housing on Absolutely, all sides, yeah. but never know. Uh, so we 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 get ourselves a cheeky uh, a cheeky hot dog or whatever, and we head uh, into the ground. You've got your seats up there, right at the back. Yep. Uh, in the west west stand, uh, south, south stand, south stand upper tier, south stand With upper. The posh people. Yeah, lovely view up there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, not not too many twats. Second most expensive seats in the house. <laughs> oh really? Yeah. Well, you've got a good little group up there. Yep. Shout out to the uh, to the double N crew yep. up there at the top, uh, and. I started. We well, we started to watch football. There was football. Yeah, and Oxford were playing really well, and I was I was then doubting all of your doom and gloom chat on the pod because I was like, this is this is all right. And like, what it, are you worried about? It was fucking alien to me as well. <laughs> like the only time that we'd actually played that well was in the uh, it was in the first round of the Carabao Cup against uh, Coventry City. But yeah. I was on holiday in Bournemouth at the time, yeah. so I didn't actually see that game. Um, well, Accrington sat off you, and your lads were knocking it around with midfield, and the boys on the wings, Brown and Brown and White, yeah, <laughs> doing doing great work. Yeah, and, and it was the first time that those guys had played together. Um, it was both time. Sorry, first first time those guys had started um, yeah. in a league match. And the the crucial point, and I think this is the point that you made. The crucial point is Accrington gave us time and space. Yeah. We've had this fucking massive problem where we've had a we've got basically a def- massive gap between our defensive unit and our and our attacking unit. So the defensive midfielders and the attacking midfielders, there's no kind of middle ground. So we're never winning any of the midfield battles. Right. What happened yeah. there is Accrington left off us a little bit and suddenly we were able to link that ball between the defensive midfielders and the attacking midfielders. And all of a sudden we were getting them into the game um, and, and things were working. Uh, there was also a difference in the fact that we had two uh, new fullbacks. We had uh, Cameron Norman, um, yeah. who, who we signed from we signed him from Norwich technically although he'd be a non-loan at Kings Lynn for a wow, couple of seasons okay. so this guy's like 22 years old I think and he's like a basically a non-league footballer who was on the books at Norwich um, and putting Josh Ruffles back into left back and I talked talk I was to excited to see yeah. the Ruffles yeah, yeah the utility a, player he yeah. had a bit of a shocker in the end in Ruffles he didn't have a great time but um yeah. but at the same time it was getting those guys involved 
meant we were we were getting the ball forward a bit yes. more down. Yeah. down. We, we suddenly got width, which yes. we hadn't had in previous games. So so we unlocked our front, our kind of our forward yeah, line. Yeah, it was good. Which was great. Well, took the lead with a, with a lovely goal and uh, and then conceded a very soft one from a set player, I think, and it sort of got it bounced around the box and got flicked in. Yeah, which is very classically Oxford. And, and But you were still well on top at that point, and it felt, it had the vibe of a game that Oxford were going to win. And duly, they took the lead again with another very good goal, and then it all went horribly wrong. And and, and, and I remember at one point when we, I think we were still 2-1 up at this point, or it might have been after the equaliser, I can't remember, but I remember t- turning to you guys and thinking... Because I could, I could see, I could almost feel the atmosphere changing on the pitch, even from our yeah. lofty vantage point, where where you you say they're starting to panic, and I said I'm recognising the first three league games. Suddenly, I can see it now happening down there. Yeah, I can see yeah, yeah. the the panic, the lack of composure, uh, the lack of confidence on the football. All of those things started eking into their game, and you could it, it just started man in. in as a result, it was no huge surprise to me at that point that we then conceded an equaliser and then a and then a very well. very softly as well. Yeah, yeah. Like really unnecessary game to lose. I mean, slightly ridiculous. And uh, we were talking after the game. We were having a little chat with uh, with some some of the fans out outside, <laughs> and there was a general feeling that, that that the fans were pissed off with having these little teams come up and, and get a result like in the, in that fashion it's very frustrating it, it really was it what really fucking annoys me as well and about, i about about 80 fans from that yeah, team, yeah yeah quite what really annoyed me as well is that uh, and, and i got a lot of time for the guy because he he came out in the press relatively recently and talked about i think he's talking about depression and and kind of getting over depression and anxiety extreme anxiety um is billy key yes um because he always fucking scores against us <laughs> like through throughout throughout the last he like, got a brace didn't he yeah and that last 10 years of watching oxford united whenever billy key comes up against us he always fucking scores so a lot of time for the guy but i wish he'd fuck off <laughs> <laughs> well, he had another lovely evening uh, in Oxfordshire. He did, that's for sure. So, yeah, I, I was, you know, I, I've been to the Kassan many times, but it was it was nice to go again in the latest uh, in the latest guise, the Carl Robinson era. Uh, some interesting uh, notes about his sartorial choices. Yeah, his uh, <laughs> bad suit in shit trainers. Exactly. Fr- um, friend, friend of the pod, Rosie, was very, very much not happy about the trainer situation. Well, she, to be fair, she fucking hates him anyway. <laughs> so it, it wouldn't really matter what he was wearing. <laughs> she would find fault in it. And, and she, she would be the first to admit that. Um, but... Um, interestingly, because he uh, at the, the the game, sorry, the game against Burton Albion um, on Saturday as yeah. well, um, he was wearing a similar combo, but he had what we th- we thought initially was a suit jacket and t shirt underneath. Um, and I said, well, hang on, he is a scouser, so that's you know that's <laughs> Sunday best. Um, but but it turned out. Not only was it a t-shirt underneath, it was a fucking polo shirt. Oh, <laughs> so dear. So he had a polo shirt with a suit jacket oh, on over dear, the top oh, of it. Oh, dear. Somebody needs to have a word with him, surely. Yeah, uh, yeah, maybe. But but to be fair, to be fair, <laughs> we won. So fuck it, he can wear whatever he wants. Yeah, so you did, so, get, so you did get your first win of the season. Though. Yes, we did. And it was... Um, it was a much better performance. So the first, the first, I don't know, the first, first half, I guess, was kind of quite even. Oxford were... Struggling to get an impact on the game. It was very clear that Burton Albion fucking low on confidence as well. And that helped us hugely. Yeah. Um, what didn't help us 
was some fucking absolutely disastrous refereeing oh, by, really? by Trevor Kettle. Oh, I've heard of yeah. Kettle. I've heard the Kettle before. So, so Trevor Kettle, he um he actually refereed. Uh, he's refereed us twice before. Once a Fleetwood game, which we lost because we always lose against Fleetwood. Yeah. I mean, he also lost uh, refereed our seven one or seven nil. I can't even remember. Right. What it was now defeat against Wigan, um, but. He was fucking all over the shop, absolutely all over the shop. He was, um, he was giving them every single like fifty fifty was give, was given as a foul to them. He gave them so much it was ridiculous. Um, we took the lead, um, sort of more or less deservingly so, um, but it was a really really lucky goal. I'll be perfectly honest with you. Right. Um, it was Marcus Brown took a free kick about forty. 30, 30, 30 odd yards out, <coughs> left of centre, right. and he chipped it into the penalty area. John Massinho, a Burton Albion legend, kind of for, but playing now for Oxford United, <laughs> runs across the ball, tries to flick it, doesn't. It bounces behind him, bounces next to the goalkeeper who's come rushing oh out to see. God. And it just goes straight in. I hate seeing your team concede goals like that, but it's always very satisfying when they score. Exactly, and it doesn't happen to us very often, so that was absolutely wonderful. Yeah. Um, they conceded an equaliser, which fucking shouldn't have been because their defender was, their attacker was climbing all over Curtis Nelson. So uh, really, really, really should have been a free kick to Oxford United, but they scored from, from that. Um, and it was interesting. At half-time, so all of the players were about to go and give Trevor Kettle and his linesman some shit, right? Um, Carl Robinson went belting onto the pitch and he grabbed all of his players and he pulled them away from the referee okay, and okay. shoved them off down the uh, down the tunnel, yeah, got them yeah, off yeah. the pitch as quickly as possible, cleared the referee so he had another 20 yards to walk to receive one of the most... <laughs> vitriolic booing <laughs> sessions I've, I've seen at the Kassam Stadium for a very, very, very long time. Oh, um, and, and the second half, and, and actually, do you know what? That's what it needed. Yes. We needed yeah, something yeah. like that. To get that. behind. Yeah. yeah. So actually, weirdly, he kind of did us a bit of a favour. So Carl Robinson said he, in his post-match, he said he got them angry at yeah. half-time and he sent them out early and he sent them out angry. Yes. Um, yeah, yeah. And the second half, and it made a massive difference and we upped our game and we played some really positive, high-tempo, confident, battling, really, really, really kind of interesting and exciting-looking football that we were playing at the back end of last season when, okay. when Robinson managed to turn it around and saved us from, from yeah. not really relegation. but um, and, and we played really, really well. And we were unlocking our front three. And, and our front three of, um, of, of Brown, White um, and James Henry... Yeah. Um, who got made into the EFL team of the week as well, um, were fucking amazing. And James Henry has to be the first man on the starting sheet. The guy is excellent. We got him from Wolves. Um, yeah. He took a while to settle in at Oxford. He was our best player at the back end of last season. And he just looks for all the world like he's got to be our, he's going to be our nice. most important player again this season. Well, it's okay. a fantastic result to get, to be honest. Uh, you were without Ricky Holmes again. Yeah, so he came on. He came on last twenty minutes because um, okay. Marcus Brown is also carrying a bit of a knock. So he only could play sixty-five minutes. So twenty-five minutes came on uh, was uh, Ricky Holmes. And he came on and was great and 
scored. Nice. So <laughs> was, was Brannigan on uh, starting again? Yeah, Brannigan started. So he because I thought he had potential in the in the game against Accrington. Yeah, I thought I th- he looked decent. I think he's finding his feet in that position, that kind yeah. of defensive midfield position. It's quite a tough little uh, role to, to to pick up, and he's it's a little bit out of his comfort zone. I think I think he's growing in confidence, and he still had a couple of moments on Saturday, but but I think he's starting to warm up into it. So so there's a lot to, there's a lot of positives for Oxford. We've had some bad news at Rob Hall, um, who's only played like three quarters of a game in total, kind of like over, over, you know accumulated so far this season, yeah. is now out for six months. Ooh, uh, but we kind of he's but he's he's had bad knee problems. He's had injury problems his whole career. So this is not a huge surprise. But he is also one of our most exciting players. Having said that, Gavin White, the Northern Ireland player that we've got, um, who signed from like Crusaders, right. um, he he was playing absolutely brilliantly. He really, really looks like a talent. Marcus Brown, West Ham Loney, absolutely superb. Yep. And obviously we've got Ricky Holmes as well. So all of a sudden we've kind of got all these people yeah. we don't know to pick. Jamie Mackey came on. He came on, played in the middle of the, the park for the last kind of 10 minutes or so. Okay. Played brilliantly because oh, um, it's the first time he's played in the middle. And actually yes, he, yeah, did, yeah. he did really well in there. So there's a, there's a lot to be positive he's about. Co- he's coming Oxford. back down the pitch throughout his career, Jamie Mackey. Yeah, I don't, yeah, think, yeah, I don't yeah. think he's much use up top anymore. To no, but um, yeah, so there's a lot, there's a lot to, uh, there's a lot to, to look forward to for Oxford. Um, we looked a little bit more solid at the back. I think part of that is Burton Albion having no fucking composure whatsoever going forward. Yeah. Um, but uh, nevertheless, you know, you got to beat who's in front of you. And yes, um, and it was the second half performance in that game was, was really, really good. So great stuff Very from Oxford. Nice. And all credit to Carl Robinson for, for what he did to turn that, that game round. Definitely. Well, let's come a little bit. Let's, let's travel down the Thames a little bit further south and talk about Reading. So... Uh, Reading are still on this sort of indifferent start to the season. We had a very poor start losing those first three games, but uh, we picked up a result at the weekend away at Aston Villa. So I think this was a game that we would have chalked down as a as a loss probably going into the season. Yeah. In the end, we got a last minute winner. With oh, sorry, last minute. It felt like a winner. That, yeah. That was how it was. A last minute equaliser. Uh, Sam Baldock tucked away a penalty in the ninety third minute or something. Uh. And I really hope that that is that that is something that's going to push us forward to get some to get some more results. Because as I've mentioned every time, we've not been playing badly, and I feel that the negative attitude, which I think people had decided before the season they were going to have, yeah, uh, has not really helped the situation. Because we have been playing decent football, people are moaning that Clement's going to play this very defensive style. It's not been the case at all. He's trying to find a system. He's trying to find the team. And right now, if you look at the lineup. Because I think we can discount all of the games from last season. All the the you, people have, have been putting stats on Twitter. Oh, we only won three games in the last thirty. Well, there's nothing we can do about those last those no. last twenty eight or whatever. You know, they're they're gone now from last season. Uh, so what we can do is look at this season. And now you know we got we got that good win in the Carabao Cup. We got another Carabao Cup game coming up on Wednesday. Uh, we got the we got a draw against. Uh, where did we get that draw? Nottingham Forest. And then we got the draw here at. Uh, Aston Villa so I think it's not desperate you know it's not desperate and I think the team is playing reasonably well and I hope that because we got that that goal so late uh, that it's going to push everybody push everybody on now. You want, it's li- little moments in football matches make a massive difference to seasons don't they and I think I think if I think if you'd lost that game everybody would have gone away from that thinking oh, fucking hell we've got one point we've you know we've Five games, we've managed one draw, and that's it. Yeah. Um, this is this is this is this is tough. But to to have 
got that, as you say, away from home at one of the most difficult places you're likely to go this season, certainly in terms yeah. of the atmosphere and the in, in the surroundings. Well, that's it. The last um, So the last two games, two draws, it was Blackburn, sorry, not, not Nottingham Forest. So Blackburn, Rovers away and Aston Villa away. I'm very happy with, with two points from those games. Yeah, and, 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 and to do that in that manner is... is 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 potentially enough to give them some confidence and a bit of a boost. Say, come on, guys, this is our opportunity now. Let's let's take let's take that moment and build on it. And things like that do happen, you know. And for for us, for Oxford, it was a uh, a shit referee who really yeah. got everybody's backs up. Little things like that make a difference to seasons. Yeah. So like, I, I've been mentioning this guy uh, Yaku Mati, who's been playing up front in various roles. I think. Clement clearly wants to play him and he's played him out wide right, he's played him out wide left, he's played him out front. He's looking for a role for him and I think part of that is because that's what he does. He works so incredibly hard and he wins so many battles that the crowd just get behind him and yeah. it gets the crowd going and I think he wants to keep in that team because he kind of represents that battling that battling style that he wants to have in yeah. there because he's also trying to play a passing game and he wants to play some football. So, But when you don't have any battlers. And the best example of this is John Swift. So John Swift is this guy who I've been talking about forever who has so much potential but so often does nothing yeah. and is so often frustrating because you see him do a beautiful little touch or a great pass and then the next minute he seems one-paced and slow and he misses out on tackles and he loses possession. He sounds like John O'Beaker. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Not dissimilar. But when you have that, you... You can't have that and then someone else doing it as well. No. You need to like you need to to put up with those things. You almost need the next one to be a nice crossfield ball into a channel that's won by somebody, a yeah. battle that's won so that you can accept the little mini wins and losses throughout the game. And I think that's what it's, he's, it's he's about he's having to a do. net positive impact exactly. on the game, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I I I I have a feeling that Swift may have run out of time in this team. Sure. Uh because he is a luxury player, and at this point, I don't think we can afford a luxury player. No, and and, and that's and that's the thing, isn't it? When when you've got a, a team that's firing on all cylinders, a player in like that who has the opportunity, who who will just come up and come up with something out of nowhere, yeah. is, is is easy enough to do. But you can't be carrying people when you're losing football matches. Absolutely, and the the team was so much more. Uh, sort of like workmanlike this lineup. Yeah. So Swift was dropped to the bench. We had Bodvarsson who actually played really, really well against Blackburn, uh, which was the game on the telly, which we which yes. we watched a very on the very strange Sky streaming thing. Yes, yes, that kind of like that single camera thing, no yeah. replays, no nothing. Yeah, and it just what... cuts to a slate at half time, and it's like, all right, you've had your football, come back in fifteen <laughs> minutes. It's really weird, but yeah. So I think he's he's looking now. At those type of players, like something that's a lot more uh, functional, and I, and I think in 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 a position that Reading are in, in similar for Oxford and similar for a lot of teams, the, there are two ways of going about it. And what the way Carl Robinson's going about is saying this is this is what will work. We are going to play this until it does work, right? Yeah. But there, there's another way of looking at that, and I think Clement might be this might be more this kind of manager, which is things are going against us. Horses for courses, right? Who are we up against? Exactly. Right. So yeah. we're up against we're up against some big boys. Let's let's play play a game. Let's let's choose our game dependent on the opponents. 
and, and, and so many people play football in, in, in different ways. So many managers take completely different styles. Even some of the best managers, even Alex Ferguson, would, would adapt the style of, of Manchester yeah. United, yeah, yeah. dependent on the, the opposition. Um, Arsene Wenger, on the other hand, would always play exactly yes. the same way. And, and, and when you're good enough, that's yeah. good enough. And when you're not, it's not. <laughs> exactly. And in, in, in a lot of it, all of those things depend entirely on the personnel you've got. Yeah. Changing your system every week, you can only do that if you've got the the people to do so. Exactly. And and, and you know, so, so I, I think when you see when you see players in good form, especially at this level, the the individual skill and. Uh, and, and potential and history and everything else for me goes out the window. Like this season, we've seen a very different Mo Barrow. Uh, he's been incredibly effective out on the wing, and I would now just play him every game on yep. the wing. Uh, and and the the player that I really like is uh, is Bakuna in midfield. I yeah. really see him as being a player of quality that hasn't really been given a chance yet. And maybe him and David Myler could be the the midfield combination. Although I think Liam, Liam Kelly is a really really good player and a Reading stalwart who should get his chance but sometimes when you bring in the new sign like David Miley was brought in there was great expectation now I've seen him like three or four times and I think oh geez he's a bit slow yeah and I, I wonder if in an ideal world now which I wouldn't have said three weeks ago I think I'd play Kelly and Bakuna just because they're a bit more active yeah, in the midfield sure. and I don't think I don't think Clement's the kind of guy to stand on ceremony I think if he doesn't think they're good enough they're going to be dropped sure and I think that's probably the way to go at the moment especially when we're desperate for results but we've got two home games this week. We've got Watford coming to town, Premier League Watford, flying high. They might even be in the top four. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They they won a game yesterday, so flying high. And uh, and then we've got Sheffield Wednesday at home on Saturday in the league. So the, the Watford one's going to be very interesting, isn't it? Because, it, it, you know, it, Premier League teams now, even if they're really, you know, like kind of smaller unfashionable premier league teams they all make major wholesale changes yes because because they're in the premier league and therefore they can afford to have a fucking enormous squad yeah um and therefore they can they can afford to just completely change their their lineup so i i suspect they probably will yeah i um, don't think we'll see the uh their standard lineup no but it's but so, so you know you never know sometimes managers want to maintain momentum they want yeah. to maintain yeah. momentum and in, in, in the position they're in who who could blame them if that's what they wanted to do? But at the same time, you couldn't blame. That. This is it's it's a similar question that that, that Carl Robinson's going to have to answer for for Tuesday, having won. Yes. On Saturday, we've now got Newport County away tomorrow. Does he make change? I mean, he's going to have to make changes for injuries, but does he make changes in potentially in protect people, but protect them? In terms of because the league is more important. And, yeah, and I it, think it's, I mean this this plays out every single time there's a cup game. All it does. You always place. want to have a cup run, but there's so many games in the lower leagues that you almost would be willing to sacrifice it because it's hard to get through the fucking league games, let alone if you've got two cups to run into. It, as well. it is, but at the same time, the, the 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 Johnson's Paint Trophy run and the the amazing FA Cup run that we did under. Um, Michael Appleton in the season we got promoted from League Two. Yeah. We played seventy games, sixty-eight games or something <laughs> that ridiculous. season. Um, but the, the 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 confidence and the momentum that yep. built from all of those really really positive games of football actually helped our league campaign. Yeah, weirdly, yeah, yeah. you know. So it's 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 who, who knows. But all of that said, Watford will make massive changes coming to Reading. Uh, no uh, doubt. About well, it. I hope so because. I think I think we could really really do with uh, with a little bit of a 
a G up on, yes. that, on that game. And if we beat Watford, I think it'll be a very different atmosphere coming out of that game. And I think we might actually get a crowd on Wednesday. So fingers, fingers crossed well, for that. There's one extra person. Well, there's at least one extra. <laughs> so I think that I think that's it for the week. I think we're going to come back probably after those cup games and, and review a little thing. Have you got anything else for us? Yeah, I just wanted to talk about one tiny little thing. Go on. Um, uh, Charlton Athletic. Yes. Their game against Fleetwood on Saturday was disrupted by fans chucking hundreds of packets of crisps onto their pitch. I saw this on the Twits. What is the deal? So they basically... And actually, do you know what? We'll come back and talk about Charlton another time okay. because they've got major problems with their yes. with their owner, a Belgian fella called Roland du Châtelet. <laughs> um, but, he, um, but anyway, long story short, they had to cut... Like, had to... He's money saving basically he's cutting right. cutting spending at the club so they don't have as many cleaners working for as long anymore so staff are no longer allowed to eat at their desks because they want to try and keep the place clean and tidy without using cleaners okay. to the point where a member of staff had to phone up her line manager and then phone up hr to ask whether or not she was allowed to eat a bag of crisps at her desk wow turned out she wasn't allowed to eat a bag of crisps <laughs> at her desk such is the level of penny pinching going on at wow, Charlton there Athletic. You go. so um the, there hence you go. the crisps on the pitch protests i mean they've been protesting a lot um we'll, we'll look at that in more detail in another episode because <laughs> it's fascinating wow the, oh, the, the last thing we'll mention is a video that just came out i think a couple of days ago uh from the fa cup final so yes. this has spawned the dogzo dogzo the dogzo situation so this was a little bit of obviously quite heavily edited audio that came from the fa cup final with the referee mike linesman mike uh, and some players, right? They were all picked up on an yeah. on-field microphone. It was very interesting. It was very interesting. This is just a little piece of play that breaks up on uh, by the penalty box on one end of the field. There's a breakaway, and as the referee is chasing the play, he's calling the play as well as they're running yeah. down the field. And then you hear the linesman shouting, Dogzo! 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 And the referee replies, Dogzo! <laughs> and eventually he explains it to uh, one of the players that Dogzo means denying an obvious goal-scoring opportunity. Yeah, so they were actually... The linesman saw that there was a potential for this to happen. He shouted it, I guess, to make the ref aware. Yeah. And the ref is then watching it. He sees the incident, calls the incident, calls it a penalty... The players then are running at him and screaming, and he's just telling them, look, I saw the foul. He tried to make a play for the ball. He missed it. I'm giving the penalty. Dogs out. Yeah, they're all shouting dogs out. The players are then, well, what about VAR? Because that game was being done with yeah. VAR for a test. The referee simply says, VAR have looked at it, and we've given the penalty. Yeah. And it was actually a really good example of, of referees doing things right, by the look of it. I don't know if it was a penalty or not, to be honest. I don't really care. But what, what it showed was that they were very clear in their decision-making, and that's what I liked about it. Yeah, it was, it was a penalty. It was a foul. I remember it. Um, and obviously, the big question was, why, why has he not sent him off? Well, it was because he was making a, it was the double jeopardy rule yeah. because he was making a legitimate attempt to play the ball despite it being a dog zone. But I'm so, also, I'm also, if it's a penalty for me, you haven't denied a goal scoring opportunity exactly. because the penalty exactly. is then the goal scoring opportunity. Exactly. So, so I think everything, like, it, it, I know that if you pick an isolated incident on purpose because it's done well, it looks zone. good. Yeah. So I'm sure we could pick a thousand that are done badly. Yeah. Fucking would love to have heard the, the audio from Trevor Kettle's first half on Saturday. Yeah, let's not encourage him to do that in the lower leagues. I think there might be uh, some interesting stuff. But yeah, I thought it was I thought it was pretty cool. So search that out and, and find it because it is quite interesting. And now we can all start shouting dogs out at each other. Dogs out. Dogs out. Right. And on that on that note, we're gonna call it a day. Uh 
and I think we're gonna we're gonna get back into the cycle of, of, of thousands of games, and by the time we're next on, we'll probably have played quite a few yeah, more. Yeah, it'll be Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we're gonna try we're gonna try and keep up with it. Uh, Andy's gonna uh, check. Well, he's gonna get his visit to the uh, to the Medeski Stadium on Wednesday, so he'll report back on that. I'm sure. Yeah, another another ground off the list. There you go. Right then. So uh, what we'll do is we'll sign out for now. So say goodbye, Andy. Cheerio. And it's goodbye from me. You can catch us on uh, WorldyPod on Instagram and Twitter. You can email us at worldypod at gmail.com and all that other stuff. Find us on Podbean and iTunes and TuneIn Radio and Spotify and all those places and have a have a great time until we see you again. Bye. Cheerio. Dogs out.